it is good to be with you, uh, folks. Again, I uh, I always say it, but I mean it. It's it's such a blessing to be with believers of uh, like faith, brothers and sisters from around the world. And uh, what a wonderful um, what a wonderful blessing that is. And and I think the Lord reminds us of that fact that um, you know perhaps when we sometimes feel like that we are so alone. Uh, in the world, he reminds us, you know what, there are others that um, are your brothers and your sisters who believe the same way you do, and, uh, and they are faithful, and, uh, and, and we, we come together, and even though we cannot be uh, in the uh, same room with one another, as it were, we are together, and, um, and uh, what a wonderful blessing technology is to allow us to do this, and so uh, again, it's my privilege to Uh, share some thoughts uh, from the Word of God with you today. And so I want, if you have your Bibles or your phone or whatever, uh, turn to the fourth chapter of the book of Hebrews. Um, I am uh, preaching through the book of Hebrews. I've been there for, I think, a little over a year now. And um, uh, it's uh, perhaps one of my favorites of the New Testament. Um, And uh, I have just learned so much uh, preaching through it. But there's one passage that has always uh, meant a lot to me personally, and uh, I think these are are some of my uh, uh, favorite verses uh, in the book, and perhaps even the New Testament. Uh, it's a reminder, and, and of course, the the author here that that, that is unknown, and, and that's not our concern of who it is. Um, we know it's God's word, um, and uh, he he spends, of course, the first. Um, about 10 chapters or, or nine and a half to 10 chapters, um, really uh, encouraging believers to maintain their commitment to their professed faith. And the, the foundation upon which he, he makes this, um, uh, it's actually, by the way, Hebrews is a sermon. Um, this, this preacher is preaching this to these people because there are some that are falling back. They were probably going back into uh, Judaism or, or other uh, things, and he, he sees a regression. And so he's, he's motivating them. And it's interesting, how does he motivate them? Well, not by um, motivational uh, speeches that the world might uh, do, and we hear a lot of preachers doing that, by the way, um, in our day. But he, he talks about Christ and Christ alone. It's all about Christ. That is how, how he motivates people to stay true and strong. I think this is such an important message for uh, this new year. Um, I know that past, pastors always uh, say, or many of them will give some sort of uh, message about, you know, you need to read your Bible more and pray more, and that's true. Um, and, and, and that's not sim- simple pastoral rhetoric. Um, I, I think that we here in our country and probably around the world, wherever you are, um, 2024 has the potential to be very volatile. And, uh, and I will just say, uh, if, if there's ever a year in which we uh, need the Lord more, it's going to be this one. And uh, so what motivates us to, to stay true? And, and uh, the series that I'm preaching through, I have entitled A Call to um, uh, Commitment. Um, a call to commitment to to live out what we say we believe. Anyway, let me get to this because there's so much here, and I can only just give you little tidbits because of time. But verses 14 down through verse 16 are so precious to us. 
and uh, I know that you know these, but he says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And uh, those those wonderful verses and, and that are such a blessing every time I read them, and I know they are to you, but uh, let me just give you three quick things here. First of all, we have an exhortation in verse 14, and the exhortation, again, is regarding um, his, his Christological arguments that he has been using throughout this book, and he will for several chapters, about how great this uh, Christ, this, this man is. He's no ordinary priest. He's the great high priest. In fact, that's the only person in the Bible who's ever called the great high priest. Others were called high priests, but Jesus is the only one who was ever called the great high priest, and he gives the reasons why. Uh, for that. And, and so uh, he, he tells us that uh, he, he is so great because of what he is going to do or what he has already done. Um, and uh, within this exhortation, he says, um, let us hold fast our confession. Why? Because this, this son of God um, is, uh, or Jesus, the son of God is not just any ordinary man. He is God in the flesh, who has come down to this earth, uh, and uh, he, he's not—he's not in the long line of great uh, prophets. Uh, he's not just a a wonderful teacher, or as we've heard in our own country, a community organizer. Um, our this was Jesus Christ. Uh, he is God in the flesh, uh, and so he says, "Hey, based upon that alone, hold fast. Don't retreat." Don't go back. Don't let things influence what you claim that you believe. And so uh, he gives that wonderful exhortation. And then he gives kind of an explanation of why in verse 15. Um, and, and there are several things here in verse 15. Um, he says, why, why should we do this? Well, first of all, because this high priest is compassionate. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. Now that alone, I believe, should encourage your heart today, knowing that you have a Christ, you have a relationship with God Almighty, who knows when you uh, are weak, when you're tempted, when you fail. Um, he knows all of those things. Uh, this, this sympathetic high priest should be a wonderful um, uplift uh, to your heart uh, and, and mind. Um, one writer uh, said this, and it's in a book entitled Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. I would recommend it to you. Um, he says, sympathize here is not cool and detached pity. It is depth of felt solidarity such as echoed in our own lives, most closely only as parents to children. Indeed, it is deeper even than that. In our pain, Jesus is pained. In our suffering, he feels the suffering as his own, even though it isn't, not that his invincible divinity is threatened, but in the sense that his heart is feelingly drawn into our distress. His human nature engages our troubles comprehensively. His is a love that can be, cannot 
be held back when he sees his people in pain. And again, I, I want to just emphasize that um, we need to focus on that fact that, that when we're going through the trials or the troubles, the struggles, the temptations, the weaknesses, many will not understand what we're going through. Others may uh, give words of encouragement that fail. Um, human words can only go so far anyway. But we have a Savior who knows the, the weaknesses that we go through. He knows the struggle. And as a parent to a child, he feels that deeply. Um, and so he knows our grief. He's one who is acquainted with grief, as Isaiah says. He knows those weaknesses. The psalmist says in Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Isn't that an encouragement? That he never forgets uh, that, um, he, that who we are. Uh, and, and how we are in, in our lives here. He knows our temptations. He was faced with every temptation uh, that, that, that we are. And of course, the writer is very careful to include yet without sin. And so that's our Savior. He, he became all this so that he could identify with, with our human, uh, the, uh, uh, not, not our nature, but, but how we are, how, the things that we face. And that's what makes him such a great high priest is he knows all those things. And then, of course, we have um, the, the last uh, verse there, verse 16, and that is an encouragement. And what an encouragement it is. He says, let us therefore, and of course, the therefore is the conclusion, because he is God, because he is the sympathetic uh, high priest and that great high priest, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Isn't that, isn't that great? Um, we do not come into the presence of God based upon what we do or who we are or uh, the resume that we uh, might have. We, we can't enter that way. We never could. We enter boldly into the presence of God because of what the Savior has done. And so he says, in, 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 in that regard, when you come into the presence of God, you do not need to come cowering. You come boldly or confidently is the word there. Why? Because of what Christ has done for us. What a wonderful thing. And so as we come, uh, sometimes we refer to uh, prayer meetings or our prayer time as we, we're coming into the throne room of God. And that may not be a bad term, uh, but we're entering into the presence of God. How do we do it? We come today here confidently. Why? Because we have that great high priest who has done everything for us. And so we enter in on his merits, not ours. What a wonderful thing. And he says, we come to this throne of grace, he calls it, in order to do what? To obtain two things that you and I are in need of every moment of every day. And that is what? Mercy and grace in time of need. Uh, when are we not needful of those two things? We're always needful of them. And what a wonderful thing. These verses come to my mind so often when we're going through things in this life, and, and life has a way sometimes, doesn't it? And I know today that I'm speaking to some, and maybe you come to the point, and if not, maybe you will, where you feel like 
that things are, are, are just not going well and, and, and you feel like you're, you're treading water, spiritually speaking, and that's where you are. Well, again, we know that we have the Savior who lifts us up out of the restless waves, and no matter what happens to us, we're not going to be overwhelmed by them because we can enter in at any time in the peaceful times and the tumultuous times, and we can pray to him. We can go into his presence at any moment. Isn't it wonderful that we have that access? And we can say, Lord, I need help. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in desperate need here. And Lord, I want to just ask that you would help me. And you know what? We have that sympathetic, wonderful, great high priest who will be with us no matter what. I think this is a place where we need to be more often than not as we enter into this new year. And so I want to encourage all of us to go back, read these verses, ponder them, and return to them with haste very often. May God bless.